The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like falling back into bad habits, when hard conversations feel one-sided, and cycles of mistrust. Mm. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed mental health professionals, relationship people. Givers. No, we haven't written a book about anything. Well, Sierra has. Yet. I have not. <laughs> All yeah, the books that Sierra have written have been about poetry, which yeah, is there, like... It's like poetry about failed relationships. So it's, <laughs> I, I'm actually like anti-qualified. Yeah, this. that's right. That's right. <laughs> this is all to say Sam and I are not professionals. So please take our advice as you see fit. We are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right. I'm going to do the thing that Sam loves, which is surprise him with a check-in topic. <laughs> I'm so excited. So I've been thinking about this idea for like several months now. Um, and I, and I kind of finally accurately formulated it and i think it could be like a reoccurring theme or a reoccurring like segment that we do sure so um if y'all don't already you should follow us on instagram just break up pod is our handle and i try to post uh, a mixture of like quotes from our episode photos of sam and i or like you know, rev relevant relationship things and other relationship memes or tweets. 
things that I see on the internet that I think are funny <laughs> or on brand for Just Break Up, which sure. sometimes l leads me to be like searching the Explore tab, like hashtag relationship advice or hashtag dating mm -hmm. advice. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, there is so much toxic fucking <laughs> relationship out there. Like it is relationship advice out there. It is it is it almost depresses me, you know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um but or or it's really affirming cuz sometimes it's like really spot on content. Um uh and maybe depressing is a little bit too extreme of a word, but it's more like I see the hurt in these different ideologies sure. or whatever. So this is what I've wanted to do for several months. I'm finally doing it. Um, I pulled, I did that and I just like um, right clicked a bunch of different examples and I'm going to have you, I'm going to have us respond to the various dating and relationship advice that we, I got off of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> sounds sounds great. I love it. Okay. So the first one is from Smart Dating Academy is the handle and it says, you deserve someone who can't wait to talk to you and spend time with you and get to know you and fall in love with you. Please stop settling for a half-hearted, lukewarm, hesitant, and indecisive. It's so much better to be alone than to be with someone who makes you feel alone. How do you feel about that? Mm. And can you rate it? Maybe we'll do a rating thing, like zero out of 10. Yeah, um, I agree with most of it, like maybe like a, a seven. Yeah, I'll say eight. seven. Like, I love the idea of like the last phrase, like the little pithy little thing at the end. Like that was great. Yeah, yeah it's better to yeah. be alone than to, the make, to be with someone who makes you feel alone. But yeah, the beginning is like, well, you don't always have to be enthusiastic in a relationship. Well, right? Or like, like you might like I want my don't you want like the people that you're interested in to have like a full life? You yeah, know, like, that they're, and, like, interested in their job or their friendships or, like, right. I don't know, or their like plants. Or, like, maybe they're, they're having, like, a bad day, too. Yeah. And they're, like, I don't really want to... I'm sorry I'm not, like, feeling super enthusiastic yes. about being around people. Like, that's also okay. Oh, but I, if we're talking to, like, people who are, like, I'm going... I'm on my third date with this person and they, like, don't respond to my texts and I have to, like, pull teeth to get them to have a conversation with me. Like, yeah, okay. Then, yeah, absolutely. You want to be with someone who's going to be more enthusiastic. But I think, like... When you get into a relationship, it's okay if your partner's not always enthusiastic well, to hang and out with I you wanted, or see you. <laughs> yes, I wanted to add, like, you deserve somebody who is, like, can't wait to fall in love with you. Like, that's, like, putting a lot of expectation on other people to not have baggage, and you are allowed to have baggage, and, and they're right. not, you know, like, okay. Um, and what does it look like to be excited to fall in love with someone, too, right? Like, right. There are different ways to show excitement. Right. And I'm afraid that if it's like, yeah, that person's texting you every four seconds, then like your expectations might be like yeah. a little skewed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, th this is a meme from Hollywood Hills wife. And it says, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't look at any of the profiles. I'm just trying to credit them. You know, it says, yeah, date sure. them. It says, date them all. All is in all caps. Date them all until you have a ring and the deposit is paid on the wedding venue. <laughs> Give me your rating. I don't disagree. I ah! don't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, that surprised me. <laughs> Okay. I mean, why? I'm the type of person that dated multiple people at the same time, so like yeah, that makes sense to me. Until you like, got the ring, <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm thinking about that metaphorically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, like yeah, as yeah, a yeah, metaphor yeah. for this is a you little too commitment. marriage focused for me too. <laughs> yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Absolutely. It's like yep. 
and le- and be- wedding focus too. Well, that's a, it. It for me, it like reinforces the conditioned idea that we have that like the purpose of a relationship is to get married, and if you don't do that, you're not fulfilling. Like right. it's not a good, it's not a good marriage. You know, like we, last week we just talked about marriage anxiety, um, in a, in a letter. So yep. what would you score this? <laughs> like a two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and also like those deposits are non-refundable. So like. They are non-refundable. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. All right. So the next one is, um, if he's not a hundred percent all in, He's not the one for you from at, uh, at wealth, the wealthy wonder woman. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I disagree. <laughs> like, I don't, I think that this idea of like relationships as being like all or nothing is just so challenging to me because it's like dating is yeah. also in some ways so like scientific and transactional. Like it's like, you're literally like, trying people on for size. And so sometimes it might be like, oh, we don't quite fit, but could we get there? Maybe like, you know Um, what I mean? Like the idea of like relationships have to be like, oh, we're instantly in love or like he's giving Mm -hmm. it his all is like, no, he also has a job or like a family or like maybe he has a dog he needs to take care of. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? I think there's two, two things come up for me. This is not the, the essence of this is, commendable right like we see so many letters we so see so so many uh examples in pop culture of like people just waiting around for the person who is not giving them enough to suddenly become a different person right like the essence of that i get but i honestly think i agree with you that this sort of rhetoric around dating it fuels my anxious attachment style it fuels my anxiety like yeah oh you know, this person is interest has other hobbies or other interests. Does that mean they, w- what about me is not enough to make them want me a hundred percent? You know, like it, For I sure. think this rhetoric, it like the, the essence of it, I totally, I'll co-sign, but it also like fuels this anxiety of like codependency. Um, so right. No, and if if Peter ascribed to that advice when he was dating me, we would not be married. Boom. Like that's just the truth Boom. of it. Because like <laughs> I was not, I was not, and have never been all in in mm-hmm. any relationship in my life. Like I am committed, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. But it's also like I also have things outside of that relationship that take up my time and attention, and also I'm a bad texter. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's just yeah, totally. I I 100% agree with you that like, yeah, the message or like the spirit behind that is good, but I'm always really afraid of all or nothing rules yes. around like if he wanted to, he would like he may want to and he may not be capable of doing yes, this thing. Totally. Right. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What are we thinking? Five out of 10? Yeah. Okay. Here's one. I actually a for do effort. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, A for Spirit. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Uh, This is from um, at Dr. Stan Tatkins. Cool. Stan Tatkins, maybe. He's a a doctor, so we should probably listen to this one. Yeah, this is my favorite one, actually. So it says, (laughs) the best question you can ask yourself while dating is, what kind of relationship do I want? Oh, love that. I know, I know, I know. (laughs) 10 out of 10. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And uh, in practice, y'all, just think like, 
is this the type of relationship that I want? Is this, mm-hmm. is this the type of love that I want that I'm receiving? Is this the type of respect, the time, you know, energy effort? Like I know everything the same. And I just said, um, so often we're in those waiting periods or there's all those holding periods, you know, of like waiting for this person to become the person we want them to be. But like our personal mm-hmm. desires have agency too, you know? Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Easy peasy. Good job, Stan. Dr. Yeah. Stan. <laughs> All right. Here's a little bit of a longer one um, because I thought there was some good stuff in it. And also, like, we'll see. So this is from Vicky, uh, Oria, And it says, six reminders for when you're dating. One, you are the source of your relationship patterns. Mm, I love that. I, I do, too. <laughs> I do, too. And also... Co- like small caveat, like we can't control the abusive be- people, people who come into our life and her- who are abusive, but we can sure. control how we react to them. Right. Right. Yep. Two, uh, you face, uh, two, face your fears of loneliness. Otherwise you'll settle. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't disagree. I think that a lot of like the letters that we get, from folks are really concerned about like, I don't want to break up because I've invested so much time into this or like, I don't know what it's like to be alone. And I mean, I totally understand too. Like, I think being alone would also be like scary transition for me if my relationship ever ended, but getting into a mindset where you're like, I am whole on my own. I can have a rich and fulfilling life on my own. And this relationship is an additive to my life, not a necessity of it. Yeah. Like helps take some of the pressure off a relationship yeah. and like ease it and up I think, for us. I think loneliness could be subbed out for several things like our obsession with marriage, you know, and, and mm-hmm. wedding, you know, like, like reassess, assess what you really need and want in a relationship. Otherwise yeah. you'll settle sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, choose peace over empty attention. I don't know mm-hmm. what that means. It sounds blamey. I don't like it. It sounds blamey. Yeah, well, it's sort of like attention is fine sometimes. Um, For sure. Yeah. Your n- and who decides number- what empty attention is? Right. This number- it feel it smacks of like let's. Let's criticize women for posting pictures of themselves on the internet and call them <laughs> vapid and like seeking attention as yeah. opposed to finding peace, whatever, yeah, yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, that yeah. means. I can find peace in a really hot selfie. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Like you can't be peaceful and also like attention. Yeah, like, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Number four, your needs are important and valid. Share them early on. Yeah. All right. Great. Cool. Love that. That's awesome. Five. <laughs> Always say the deeper thing withholds. Withholding kills intimacy. I actually disagree with that one. And I'm like a chronic oversharer. Yeah. I was like, really? You disagree with that? I disagree with it because um, I've had to learn that like me oversharing is a product of not having any boundaries as a child (laughs) and like needing love and wanting that intimacy. And like sometimes my wife doesn't need to listen to me process like a a past relationship for like the 80th time. (laughs) (laughs) no i'm the opposite where it's like i need to remind myself that like telling people things about how i'm going what i'm going through actually like people want to be there for me and support me and i'm like really are you sure i'm not just a burden on everyone that's in my life (laughs) meanwhile i'm like let me share my deepest secrets it maybe because so maybe you'll have like a response (laughs) 
that like showers me with love. <laughs> AKA my entire poetry career. <laughs> yeah. AKA type two over there, type five over here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Number six, have fun, be playful and enjoy yourself instead of worrying about what they think. Eh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine with I that. Like that. Yeah. Right. What do we think? Like an eight? Yeah. Eight out of 10? Sure. Okay. Just, just get a rid couple of that more. one that I didn't like. And I feel yeah, like all yeah, of the yeah, rest yeah. are great. <laughs> Just a couple more. Um, sing. This is from Smart. Oh, Smart Dating Academy. Another one. Shout out to them. Another one. Single isn't a status. It's a word that describes a person who is strong enough to enjoy life without depending on others. No. no. I, I wildly disagree with that one. <laughs> Stupid. Because <laughs> it's like, uh... <laughs> what if you just got like dumped <laughs> like, yeah right like what if you don't want to be single yeah like, totally and Which also totally you can fine. also be you can be in a relationship and also live life knowing that you don't need You're to be dependent yeah. on others too totally. right like and also like we're all interdependent so we're all dependent on others at all times even when yeah. we're single totally. right like i don't people grow my own people. food yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah all right so that's like a that's like a one out of ten for me yeah no sorry I hope um, that like nobody like comments on their like their feed like just break up just tore you to shreds. <laughs> um okay. Uh last one from women's underscore plus. I read once, quote, even a man who's not ready will get ready if you're the one he really wants, end quote. All I'm saying is facts. Dot, 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 facts and meme. So it's like a quote within a. (laughs) 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 So how do you feel about that? Um, So the implication is that men will be ready. (laughs) Everything in this is so gendered. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Yeah, a a man who's not ready. Here's the quote within the meme. Even a man who's not ready will get ready if you're the one he really wants. I What I don't like about that is like on the surface, you're like, I guess so. Like if you're the right one, then I guess he's ready. He's not unready yeah. anymore. Right. But what I don't like about it is it like feeds into this hamster wheel of um, he's just not ready yet. And there are things that he and I both need to do to get him to the ready place. You know what I mean? Right. Instead right. of just being like, this is a product of timing and circumstance and incompatibilities. And I need to go seek what I need elsewhere. I'm not saying there's like, I'm married to an ex of mine. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> saying that there's not a right and wrong time or like being ready, you know, but I, I, I think that it's a really unhelpful school of thought to be to be like there's a threshold that he needs to cross and then he or or she or they or whatever pronoun will then Mm -hmm. become like, I don't know, I guess the underlying thing is like if he wanted to, he would, which is which is like true and also not true. Exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah, (laughs) for sure. I get that. And I, I think the idea of like. Yeah, the idea of this person could change if for the right person, but if they're not changing, that means that they're not the right person for you. Like, I also like kind of agree with that of like, don't put all your time and effort into trying to change someone who's not going to change for you. But it is like, 
the the impetus or like the onus in that is just so so weird <laughs> you know well, what I mean like it's like maybe this is why we love our podcast because we can be really long-winded and we don't have to <laughs> distill ourselves down to memes so like to give the internet credit we we get like 500,000 more words than you do <laughs> yeah absolutely yep. um yeah anyway this is all to say don't trust uh everything you see on Instagram listen to just break up <laughs> <laughs> don't even trust us honestly like yeah, exactly. well, i don't know yeah. we're making things up as we go along friends <laughs> <laughs> okay so then in like a month when i want to do this again i'm gonna i'm gonna do another round of this <laughs> tell me <laughs> okay. tell me in the dms if you liked it if you don't don't dm me i don't need that i don't need to go back to therapy <laughs> just kidding <laughs> just kidding <laughs> just kidding okay uh, let's get into our letters the first letter this week is coming to us from all caps why am i like this <laughs> love it who is writing to a, oh who's whose pronouns are she her who is writing to us from lousy town hi sam and sierra listen y'all you guys laugh every time <laughs> somebody posts that in our facebook group or whatever I need you to know that I still laugh every single time. <laughs> like, it will never not be funny to me. I don't know if it won't be funny. Just like, I don't know if it's going to wear off to Sam, but for me, it's just too good. It's too funny. It's, it's very funny. And I feel so bad for that person who wrote that because we didn't answer their letter. <laughs> they DM'd us and they were like, it was okay, me. <laughs> I don't even know if I responded though. So, you know, we like so many DMs and I'm also pregnant. So I'm like very all over the place. <laughs> But like to shout out to that person, whoever it was, we love you. We do. Absolutely. Um, okay. I'm not going to be able to adequately express how much I love and express you both. So I'm not going to try. <laughs> Here we go. I'm a 34 year old straight ish woman. She, her in a committed monogamous relationship with my 33 year old queer boyfriend. He, him, we've been together for five years. We own a house together, have some dogs and have grown so much. Our relationship is like peak. Awesome. However, I have some issues with men that I can probably trace back to my hypermasculine, emotionally unavailable father who pieced right out of my life when I was eight. I spent the next 20 years buying the lies of the patriarchy that men matter more. Uh, all I wanted was validation from men, attention, acceptance, all of it. My whole self-image relied on whether or not a guy noticed me. Sierra has talked in the past about feeling like she owed it to the world to be attractive, and I relate so hard, but only as it applies to men. I liked any guy who liked me, even if he was a rotten hound from hell. <laughs> <laughs> this led me to an eight-year relationship with a stark, raving narcissist that I ended and then went back to big sigh. Anyway... A year ago, my boyfriend and I were hanging out with a couple we were friends with. The guy and the couple and I got along really well, and he's charming and flirty, and I was like, yep, this is bait for me. I flirted back innocuously until one night we exchanged some photos over text that you definitely shouldn't be showing your friends, and my boyfriend saw and was hurt and angry. Obviously, we promptly cut ties with that couple and worked through it, and now here we are kicking ass in the relationship department. Here's the problem. The guy from the couple messaged me last night to an extend an apology for the whole situation and let me know he's reflected on it and felt guilty, guilty and hates that he betrayed my boyfriend's trust and hurt people. We chatted and related and then fell right back into being flirtatious and sexual in like less than an hour. I'm disappointed in myself because I thought I was doing some good head and heart work to get over these self-worth issues I have in regards to men and their attention. My question isn't what should I do, because it's a big duh, 
but rather, why am I like this? I enjoy these types of interactions and don't trust my future self to refrain from them. What the heck is my damage? Okay, I love you both. Sierra, I cannot wait for your next book. Watching you perform poems on YouTube basically got me through my 20s. Sam, you're the most delightfully wise person. Sometimes I get jealous at how amazing your mind is. Okay, I tried my best to express it. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) That was lovely. That was very cute. All right, why am I like this? Uh, Thank you so much for writing. Um, I adore this question because I deeply relate to it in a (laughs) shame-filled... Deeply, deeply relate. <laughs> Trauma-filled way. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. Uh, when you were like, um, I can trace back my my issues with men to my hypermasculine, emotionally unavailable dad. That's like my total path, except for my dad is like emotionally too available. <laughs> like I have to, <laughs> like I have to caretake for him. So maybe that's why I stick stuck in those shitty relationships for so long. Um, sure. <laughs> sure. 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 Um, but. And I also relate to the, the literally like, why am I like this? I think is a question that I asked myself a ton um, in the last 10 years when I started identifying patterns of behavior in me that I like didn't like or enjoy, or like literally I'd be like flirting with someone and being like, I know this is, this is not enjoyable. This is not, I know where this is going to take me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is not yeah. going to feel good. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I just, I relate so hard to this. Um, so, like, first things first, Sam, and I probably just want to say, like, this is, like, totally normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, your question of, like, why am I like this? I can tell you that the answer is not that you're some sort of, like, rotten human, right? That Hound you're, like... from hell. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, which I think might be the story that you're telling yourself or the story that um, I've told myself when I've done things in the past that I haven't been proud of, even though yeah. I know that they're bad things to do or things that aren't like helping me. Um, like it's not because you're like fundamentally like a horrible person. Yeah. Like it's not because you're like rotten to the core. Yeah. Um, it's because you are a human who's trying to exist in a world with all of these things that have happened to you and all of this stuff that we're getting all the time. And, um, fundamentally you are still a good person even as you're doing this thing that you don't want to be doing right yeah. like even as you're falling back into this like cycle of of flirting and and exchanging pictures or whatever it is like yeah you're still you're still a beautiful wonderful human underneath all of that and and like it's not because you're a bad person that you're doing these things yeah. it's just because of all of the different stuff that's that's happened to you in your life yeah because at our core when sam says you're a beautiful wonderful person he he's really saying that we are all a product of our needs right mm-hmm. like there's no human out there who can who's 100% self-sufficient right or who right. who is raised so securely and so um i don't know well-rounded <laughs> like i don't know <laughs> i don't know what being would be out there who doesn't who doesn't relate to the world via how to get their needs met you know what i mean like and i don't mean this in a like i originally i wanted to say like we're all a product of our wounds but that sounds a little bit too depressing (laughs) Mm -hmm. um we're all a product of our needs we all have needs we want to be heard we want to be listened to or we want to feel independent we don't want to feel smothered or we want to feel affirmed or we want to i don't know get food like we all have Mm -hmm. these needs and then we relate to the world 
the every choice we make in the world is to get those needs met and and it's there's no person who is without that even the most secure right. independent person isolated person you know they're getting their needs met by isolating themselves or you know they're right. getting their needs met by <clears throat> self-soothing or whatever you know we all we're all a product of our needs and sometimes those needs come out of wounds like you described like having a hypermasculine father who abandoned you will and growing up in a patriarchy let's be honest will mm-hmm. definitely skew your your barometer of affirmation and sense of self to that toxic thing, to that toxic oppressive power. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it, it makes a ton of sense, right? That, that the way that we, that we try and meet our needs sometimes comes out sideways or in ways that we're not expecting, right? Because we're all wounded. (laughs) Like we're all, it's impossible to live in this world and not have some sort of wound from things that have happened to us. And People might think that that's really depressing, but I also think it's like wonderful, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like I'm sad that we have to be wounded, but I'm also, uh, I feel like it's very, there's a connection there or a recognition of the fact that like we are all human, like we are all fallible. We are all capable of making mistakes and learning from those mistakes and making those mistakes, mistakes again. And the work that we have to do is about supporting ourselves, right? Yeah. And healing ourselves and tending to that wound with the, with the care that a parent might, or the care that a caretaker might like. And that's, a that's, what's so wonderful about the work yes. that we get to do in this head and heart work is that like, it's fundamentally about taking care of ourselves. Yeah. And like, it's and fundamentally about the, like treating ourselves well. <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue to what I wanted to say is that I relate deeply to this letter and I relate deeply to the sentence. I feel like I can't trust myself in these interactions in the future. Like this sense of self being rooted in this lack of self-trust, right? Um, like I, I can't trust myself not to act out. I can't trust myself to seek these to this good feeling or whatever. Let me tell you, everything in my understanding of myself shifted when I realized that Self-trust is connected to self-love, right? Mm. Trusting yourself is connected to nurturing. And it's like a, it's it's not a chicken and the egg sort of situation. The love needs to come first, right? Like the mm. nurturing needs to come first. And I'm not trying to say, what I loved about what Sam was saying earlier is that it takes away the pedestal, right? That when he's saying we're all these fallible, broken humans who are doing our best and fucking up and then learning and messing up again, Um, I like that that takes away the idea that there are healed and unhealed people or that there are Mm -hmm. broken and unbroken people. Um, And also being able to trust yourself, like being able to say, I don't want to engage in this false affirmation because I know it's not healing my true wound, right? Mm-hmm. I know it's it's giving me temporary satiation to this this wound that I've been taught to feed my whole life comes when you start to talk to yourself more lovingly. Like I'm a I'm a beautiful person whether this person thinks I am or not. I know mm-hmm. I know we all know that. I know that like sounds so cliché, but like I needed to just break up with my relationship to other people's affirmations and I needed mm. to prioritize my the way I talked and treated talked to myself and treated myself like I don't want to say it's as simple as like loving yourself cuz it's not but I really think 
like my, I, I trust myself now in this iteration of my life to not follow those, that toxic affirmation that I've craved and defined myself for so long because I know what that wound is. I know where it comes from and I know what it needs. It needs me to love myself. It needs Mm. me to respect myself. It needs me to trust myself and to work on those muscles of, of saying, oh, I've seen this hook before, you know, like I've seen this hook and bait before and I'm going to say, talk to you later. I'm going to block you or whatever. You know what I mean? And, and I think that Sam and I really connected when we were talking about this letter before we recorded, Sam brought up the great point, which is like you, but this is all normal and also you can change your behavior. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, that you want to do that. Like you even said in the letter, like, I know what I need to do. And it sounds like you're committing to doing that too. Right. Which is probably like removing yourself from the situation and doing what you need to do to, to not sort of fall back into that familiar pattern that you're part of. But I also want to create space for the fact too, that, that relapse is part of recovery, Mm. right? The expectations Mm. that we might have on ourselves to say like, I am meeting my needs in this unhealthy way. And I know it's unhealthy. And I know that it's about, I know what I'm seeking and I'm trying to find it in other places. So I'm not going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. It's really, really normal to go back to that thing and to go back to that thing really easily, right? Talk to folks who are, who are dealing with addiction, right? And you will hear that they, that it'll be like, yep, suddenly I was just like drinking again, right? Mm -hmm. Or I was using again. Um, And which is all to say, right, that it's really normal to to find these moments of relapse. And that that's true when it comes to recovery from addiction to like substances. And I think it also comes in recovery from addiction to particular types of behavior that meet particular needs that we have in ways that aren't healthy. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Recognizing that this relapse is part of the recovery that you're going through in becoming closer, more closely aligned with the person that you want to be or the values that you want to hold and recognizing that like, yeah, it sucks. And it's a part of the process to continue to remind yourself or and learn over and over again that like this behavior doesn't actually meet the need that you want it to and instead is actually hurting you or making you feel worse than you did before. Yeah. Uh, and like, that's an important thing to continue to learn if, if it's something that needs to happen. Okay. And I couldn't agree more. And, and something, a tool that you can implement when you're, when you're going through this process or when you're thinking about it or cause, cause we all know that like the healing and therapy or like the healing we do in journaling or whatever Sometimes you can do all that work and then you show up to the real life trigger and all of the work goes out the window, right? You know, all of the self-love is like forgotten as soon as you're faced with this potential for relapse, to use the word that you said. Um, Something that is really helpful for me is like really naming how I feel in those situations. Sure, Mm. you could say like, I feel sexy. I feel desired. I also feel shameful. I feel like I'm hurtful to my partner. I feel like, uh, I feel so much feeling that I write a letter to two strangers across the world. You know, (laughs) I I mean, that's genuinely like, think about the words you used in your letter. Like, um, why am I like this? I can't trust myself. Like I'm so ashamed of this. Right. So Mm -hmm. starting to cue into those core physical emotions in your body and prioritizing that process of 
of feeling those feelings, not just seeking that the the band-aid, which is that affirmation or the band-aid of that desire, you know, that you've been taught. It's 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 Pavlovian. We've all been taught that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's something like and and to just like humanize all of this. Like I remember the last time that I flirted with somebody like this and I didn't want to. And it was like Sam said, it was after I had decided I no longer wanted to do this. And before I stopped, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I had, I like, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm a different person. Sure enough, that hook and sinker came to me and I was like, Ooh, this feels so good. And then I was like, wow, this is how patterns end. This is how habits end because I'm cueing into how this is truly not aligned with the life and the person I want to be. Like, this is, mm-hmm. I, I needed that relapse. Truly. I needed to be like, Oh, dang. This is not yeah, for like, me. Oh yeah, I remember this. Ugh. And now I have like it's a like much when clearer you, it, like vision you and I both of what's used going to on. Smoke cigarettes, yeah. and it's like the first cigarette you have after you've quit for a long time. And you're like, this is fucking disgusting. <laughs> this is so and you gross. needed to remember <laughs> yep. that it was yep. gross or whatever. Um, so that is all of my advice. Why am I like this? I you're like this because you are a wounded human like all of us. Um, mm-hmm. but take some of that angst take some of that blame or take some of that that energy and shift it towards what would it feel like if i lovingly trusted myself what would it feel like if i nurtured some of those wounds myself um uh in and what if i saw that reaction as this knee-jerk pavlovian reaction that can be broken it's like a spell it can be broken mm-hmm. yeah yeah absolutely all right my darling we hope this helps Thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh, my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash justbreakup for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash justbreakup to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash justbreakup. All right, Head & Heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame 
and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Our next letter comes from AA, whose pronouns are he, him, and who is writing from the void. AA writes, today, my boyfriend, let's call him Dan, and I had an argument. He said something earlier today that I found to be really hurtful and worrying. He sent me a clip on Instagram making fun of gay men that travel in developing countries. One of the quotes was, I would never fuck the locals. I pointed it out with side eye. He responded by saying, you have to try the local cuisine. I was triggered because when I travel, I'm either being fetishized or excluded because of my race. I also mm. felt uncomfortable because it reminded me that everywhere Dan travels, he uses Grinder to hook up with locals, something that doesn't sit right with me. It, I felt really bad after he sent it, so I sent a snarky response to the effect that some people don't like being called locals or considered food. He didn't respond back. This evening, I tried to raise it with him and in the way that he asked me to raise difficult topics with him. I asked him, when would be a good time to talk about this? He responded by saying, what is there to talk about? I felt dejected. I've been finding it increasingly hard to raise things with him. I keep them inside me and I think they are hurting me. I feel so much anxiety and inner turmoil. I saw my doctor about it yesterday and he prescribed me some Valium, which I took tonight. Sometimes I feel like all I do is run away from everything. The conversation went on this evening. It turned into a session of him pointing out all the things that I did wrong, me showing compassion and apologizing. He didn't apologize. When I tried to get him to empathize, he simply turned it back on me. He told me that my anxiety was making him feel bad and told me that I needed to get it under control. I think there is some truth to this and I told him I would work on it. I told him I would try to raise issues with him earlier. I said I would work on it. I asked him whether there was anything he he could do to make it easier to come to him with issues or concerns. He said he didn't know. He didn't commit to doing anything. And now I'm left wondering whether it's just me doing the work. He says he wants a relationship and he's really kind to me. He's an active service kind of guy. But every time we engage in conflict, he can't handle it. I don't know what to do. In some ways, he really meets my needs, and I think we're incredibly compatible. In other ways, I think he needs to do some growing to be relationship ready, and I don't think that he thinks that he does. 
He hasn't been in a relationship for years, instead preferring casual sex and hookups. There's a part of me that thinks he's just not ready. On the one hand, I want to be there for him and go on this journey with him. On the other hand, I just don't think that he even wants to go on a journey. What can I do to make this better? It's hurting me. Oh, my darling. AA, thank you so much for writing and for listening to our podcast and trusting us with this letter. I'm sorry that this is all weighing on your heart. And I'm sorry that your boyfriend said such like weirdly insensitive things. Yeah. Like, like Sam and I were both sort of like scowling. <laughs> you can't see us, but we were like, <laughs> like our eyebrows were like furrowed as. Yep. Sam was reading that. Um, and so I think I just want to start by making something explicitly clear, which is it is it doesn't make you a bad person to be disappointed in other people. I mm. think I needed to learn that a lot at different times in my life. Um, and I needed to know that, like, I you're not a bad or a selfish or a not compassionate person if you mm. have an emotional j- response to someone else's behavior. Like, what yep. he said was like kind of weird and gross and like mm-hmm. totally fetishizing and like, like it was just gross. It felt gross. It felt gross to read, you know? Yep. And I felt so much of you in the letter being like, not necessarily justifying it, but, but feeling bad about feeling those feelings. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's okay to be disappointed in him. For sure. Absolutely. Cause he's being disappointing. <laughs> Like, yeah. it's how I feel about it, honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I think that he, um, on like, he got called out on saying something that was insensitive, and he did what a lot of folks do when they get called out for being insensitive about something, is that they get really defensive, right? And that's, like, a very normal response. It's not an appropriate response, right? It's very normal, but I don't condone it. And you as the kind loving person that you are, are trying to say like, okay, so how do we move forward? And he's like saying, I didn't do anything wrong, (laughs) which is like completely incompatible places to be starting a conversation towards any sort of goal or growth, right? Right. If If his goal of the conversation is to prove he didn't do anything wrong and your goal is to find a way for you two to move forward, then what's going to happen is that you're just going to find ways to move forward that are at the expense of your own experience and your own truth, because his goal is to convince you he's right. And your goal is to find a way to be in partnership with him. So you're going to make all of these different like acquiescences. Is that a word? Yeah, sure. It's a word to him around, around the things that you know to be true because you're trying to find a way for you two to like come together. And he's trying to say, you're wrong, I'm right, which is like a, a very different thing than than what you're doing. So yeah, it's challenging. It's really challenging. And it's challenging because I know that you really appreciate him and want to be with him and that you're doing all this work to like apologize maybe for things that you didn't actually do wrong. Like I don't, I yeah. don't know that sen- like being snotty to someone who like would say something like that is like, doing it wrong right Um, well yeah i I would i would loop that into the it's okay to be disappointed in people meaning you can be just direct you can say wow that's a really gross (laughs) comment you know what Uh i mean like sometimes we uh people pleasers wrap up our authentic feelings in like bubble wrap (laughs) you know the bubble wrap of being like snarky (laughs) or sarcastic or like passive because we don't feel like we can just say wow that was like a very unattractive disappointing comment yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And that's that's what, what it fundamentally is, too, is like it's just a dist- like it is a 
what well, I don't remember the words unattractive comment, right? It <laughs> yeah, makes him yeah. less attractive to you, right. which understandably. Totally problematic uh, too. Also, like it sounds like you don't want to be with somebody who hooks up with people outside of your relationship. Like I might be like reading sure. into this, <laughs> but mm-hmm. like you explicitly were like, I don't like that he hooks up with people <laughs> on Grinder <laughs> when he goes out of town. Like mm-hmm. Maybe maybe the ineloquent point I'm trying to get to is like, do you do you like this person? Do you want to be is going back to the Instagram information? What, what uh, I- information I called it? <laughs> <laughs> Instagram <laughs> memes and dating rela- dating advice. What type of relationship do you want to be in? Does it look like this relationship? Right. Sorry. No. Who knows? Who knows if it if it is. Um, I mean, it doesn't doesn't seem like it, but I think yeah, what I'm, I want I'm, to I'm like assuming a lot. Sorry. Right. But I I want to release you of this idea that you need to fix this relationship by yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And this idea that like he gets to just say, I have nothing to work on and I'm not sorry for anything. And you yeah. have to be the one to apologize. I have yeah. been in relationships like that. They are not fun and no. they are not healthy. And no. I am no longer in them because I realized like this is not serving me very well. Right. And I had to like, I had to do that thing that Tira is talking about of trusting myself to say like, I know that I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Like I know that I am not the person, like I know that that I'm not perfect. Right. And I know that I have flaws and that I know that maybe I'm not handling things in like the exact right or perfect way. Not that there is an exact right or perfect way, but that I also know that I am being asked to apologize for things that I don't feel bad about. <laughs> right. It's like apologize for things that totally. I, right. I haven't, I know that I haven't done any, I know that don't warrant apologies right? in an effort to try and trick the other person into apologizing, which I have done uh, many times. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm going to apologize to you so that you apologize to me oh my and God. then be like, so transactional. Oh, <laughs> they did not apologize to me. And instead I, I apologize for in this that, thing. <laughs> in that sticky web, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Right. So I think when you're thinking about like, I think that he needs to do more work to to find a relationship. I don't know if that's true, but I what I do know is that like this relationship feels really one sided to me. Yeah. And I don't know where he is in his journey, if it's because he's like not capable or if just he's not capable in this relationship with you. But I don't want to see you in this anymore where you're feeling like you're giving things up or you're having yeah. to you're causing yourself so much anxiety because you're walking on eggshells or like your needs aren't yeah. important enough for him to acknowledge or to apologize for things that he's done that have hurt you. Yeah. Yeah, and um I have two like random uh one-off comments. Um one, I in in agreement with everything Sam said, I also feel like there might be some like core conflict style differences between you two. Like Sam and I are making a ton of assumptions about your boyfriend. (laughs) Like this letter isn't detailed enough for us to like diagnose this person as like an asshole or, or whatever, nor would we ever. Um, Well, we totally would, but um, yeah, no, (laughs) I've called many people assholes on the show. (laughs) Yeah, my bad, my bad. Sorry about that. Um, But you know, I don't, I don't know like what he's bringing to the table. I don't know like, like what these actual, I don't know what the both sides of these conversations look like, but um, this is not enough of a reason to, to 
ask you to stay in this relationship. Like Sam and I are both sort of like want to champion you to really question like, is this a type of relationship I want? Is this person giving me what I want? Do I feel, feel for, fulfilled, fulfilled? Um, but also, um, it sounds like you, in your conflict with him, you're wanting him to meet you in a certain way. And I think those are totally valid desires. And also I've had to learn on my anxious attachments journey that not everybody will approach conflict in the same way as I do. I, I'm sure. hesitant to say this note in general, like Sam and I talked about it before we press record, because like, I don't want you to listen to this episode and think I need to change the way I'm approaching this relationship to better accommodate his conflict style. <laughs> like that's not what I, that's not my right. end goal in this statement. What I'm trying to say is even in the most secure and healthy and reciprocal relationships, sometimes in conflict, you're not going to get, um, you're not going to be met with the same tools or the same approaches. I, sure. I, yet again, I, I hesitate to say all of this because like, I'm not necessarily team this dude, <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. I'm team you, uh, better understanding how you're going to show up in these vulnerable moments and knowing what you, what are your needs and what are the things that you want? Your needs right. are to be respected, to be heard. Um, and your wants are an apology or, uh, I, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Yeah. And I also think too, that like there's a difference between having a different conflict style and being conflict avoidant, yes, which yes, it yes, sounds yes, like yes, your yes, boyfriend yes, yes, yes. is doing, which is to say like, we're not going to talk about this. I didn't do anything wrong. There's no conflict here. We're just going to pretend like, like this is for you to figure out if you're yeah. upset, like that's on you. It's not like, that's not a different conflict style. That's just like not engaging authentically yeah, in what the totally. conflict is. Right. Like if it was like, I want him to tell me directly that he's sorry, but he wants to send it to me in a text or like give me a gift. Then I would be like, okay, well, we're just working with different styles here. But right. the fact that he's like, there's nothing to talk about is like, that's not, that's not a different conflict style. That's just like not wanting to engage no, in why, totally why he hurt right. your feelings. Right. You're like, totally right. You're totally right. And that's the perfect way to say it. So just like go back and like, forget everything I just said. <laughs> I think I see, like, I think I see an anxious attachment style in AA and For like, sure. of course, like our anxious attachment style, uh, number one move is to be like, um, adjust yourself. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. and I, I have to say, I do, I did learn a lot, um, about myself when I started, remember, when I started reminding myself that people are showing up to things in different ways with different tools and therefore will not always fit the mold of what I want in those vulnerable right. moments, you know, but what Sam said is more accurate. <laughs> and it's also like, it's up to your partner too to communicate about how he uh -huh. wants to engage in this uh -huh, conflict uh -huh, uh -huh, as well. Uh -huh. Right. Like, and he's not doing that either. He's just like, yeah. this is not a conversation we're having, which is totally. like, okay, there's nothing worse than being like, I'm hurt. And somebody being like, that's not my issue. Yes, <laughs> like, totally. Like, oh, I okay. totally agree. Because you were the thing that hurt me. But cool. It's not your problem. Awesome. Great. Good to know. <laughs> Way to make me feel minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So all this to say, AA, um, is that it is not your job to single-handedly erase 
all of the conflict in your in your relationship, right? It is your not your job to apologize your way out of this like really mm. big incompatibility that's happening between the two of you, right? That mm-hmm. you are both responsible for. And I think the fact that this relationship is causing you so much anxiety because you feel like you are constantly needing to swallow yourself over and over and Numb over yourself. again, right? Isn't, isn't healthy. Like that's not what Sierra and I want from you, right? Mm-hmm. We want you to be in a relationship with someone who's going to be willing to engage in these types of hard conversations in whatever way feels right for them. And I have a lot of faith that you're going to find a way to like create a space that is open to different ways of processing through conflict. But what's happening here is that your your partner is ignoring it, is saying that that it doesn't matter, that it's not important for him enough for him to warrant even a conversation or discussion with you. And you don't deserve that, right? You don't deserve to have your real experiences, feelings um, cast aside as being something that isn't worth even a conversation about. So I hope that you hear this and and you hear us not say, or I hope that you hear us say that you don't need to make yourself any smaller in this relationship. You don't need to swallow any more of it in an effort to keep things smooth. What we want for you is a place where you can be wholeheartedly yourself in relationship with someone who's going to hear you say, I don't like it when you fetishize people. I don't like it when you call people food and say, that's interesting, or I hear you, I want to know more about how this is affecting you, right? And that is possible, but I don't think it's possible with this man. I agree. All right, my darling AA, we hope you feel heard and validated, and we hope this helps. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. All right, the final letter is coming to us from Anxious and Hurting, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing to us from Deja Vu. Hello, Sam and Sierra. I wish I had a cooler name to write, but I wasn't expected on writing this to you today, and I apologize for the word vomit in advance. I first want to thank you for everything your podcast has done for me. I found this podcast about two years ago when I got into the mess I'm in now, and it's really gotten me through so much. You were the friends I could talk to when I didn't think I could talk to anyone else and have made this world feel a little less lonely. You make me laugh, cry, and made long car rides to my to work my favorite part of the week. I wake Aww. up every Monday and Wednesday a little... Ex- totally can't handle this pregnancy emotions. Can't handle this. I wake up a little... I'm sorry. <laughs> I wake up every Monday and Wednesday a little more excited to start my day thanks to you. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, that sounded sarcastic, but it was really just me trying to get through my yeah. hormones. <laughs> She's like crying. She's trying to be like, mm, thank you. I appreciate thank you. It. <laughs> thank y'all. I'm writing today because I found myself in more than a pickle. I'm a 25 year old cisgender straight woman. My partner, he, him, and I've been together on and off for three years. Our lives are incredibly intertwined. We are both professional musicians and are in the same band together, as well as work at a couple of other music related jobs together. He and I have always had the same passion to pursue music and we push each other to always be better and keep fighting for our dreams. Our chemistry on stage is amazing and we love the same lifestyle of traveling and living simply. The only job that we don't share is his barista job. Over two years ago, he started to hang out with his best friend from that job a lot more. He used to hook up with this coworker before we met, but decided they were not right for each other and broke things off before we started dating. 
I always felt a little uncomfortable by their friendship, but was a firm believer that guys and girls can be friends without there being more. So I didn't think too much into it. I noticed him texting and hanging out with her more and more, and my suspicion got the better of me. And one day I broke my own rules and I checked his messages. I was heartbroken to see that he'd been flirting in the messages. He came out to find me having the first of many anxiety attacks. I questioned him about it and he assured me that they always talked that way, but he didn't like her. Looking back, I see that he was gaslighting me into oblivion. I told him how it made me uncomfortable but he just kept telling me that it was nothing. The anxiety increased and the weeks went on and I started to get really sick. I realized I was very unhappy. So one day I asked if we could take a break because the suspicion was making me too anxious to function. The next day I went to a Christmas party alone and had this horrible gut feeling the entire time. The cherry on top of the situation was that he had just totaled his car and needed me to drive him to work at 6 a.m. the next day. Stupidly, I agreed to stay at his house so I could drive him in the morning, but proceeded to have an anxiety attack the entire time. I finally got up the guts to ask, did you sleep with her last night? To which he replied, yes, but I felt horrible immediately. From that point on, I lost it. My anxiety spiraled and I had frequent panic attacks that caused me to throw up or feel like I was constantly going to. At one point, I was 90 pounds and could barely walk up the stairs. My wonderful, loving parents sensed something wrong and immediately got me into therapy. I couldn't break things off with him, though. I continued to sleep with him, work with him, and hang out with him for another six months as he told me he wasn't sure what he wanted, but that he didn't want to lose me or her. I didn't want to lose what we had, and I loved him a lot. Mind you, the pandemic hit at this point, and I was dealing with the amount of anxiety and turmoil all alone in my apartment. I started to get better, though, and take care of myself, and one day I decided that I was done. I, my body couldn't take it anymore, and I deserved to be chosen and treated well. Many thanks to your podcast. Of course, the next day he came back and said he was sorry. He only wanted me and that things would change, and he would tell the other girl he wanted to be with me. I set up strict boundaries and told him that I would never go through that again. He really did change after that, and I noticed. He felt remorse and was willing to reassure me when my anxiety got triggered. I was uncertain that we could recover from cheating, but we were. After a couple months of building trust back and both of us feeling a lot more steady and happy, we decided to move in together. I know, I know. Probably wasn't a great choice. Living together was actually amazing and felt very natural. As time went on, though, I got better and so did he. My anxiety began to subside, I gained weight back, and I felt secure and happy again. I started to really trust him, but more importantly, myself, to know that I would never abandon myself and my body like I did the last time. I made it very clear that I would was never to be treated like that again. I'm writing to you today for the first time after all that turmoil because I did something wrong. I checked his messages again. I noticed him flirting with a new coworker. I confronted him about whether he was starting to do something again, and he assured me that he wasn't. He said that he loved me and that he was, wasn't going to do that ever again, and that he was frustrated that I'm still bringing this up and not trusting him. This entire past week, we've gone round and round revisiting the topic as he's assured me that he does want to be with me. I thought to myself that maybe I was reading into the messages too much. Maybe I was seeing what I wanted to see. Part of me thinks he isn't telling the truth because he knows it will set me up to spiral again. Today, I read his messages again. I'm currently writing this letter as he has lunch with the girl, but told me he was out getting Christmas presents. Maybe he knows that I will be jealous no matter what, so it's easier for him to lie to me rather than tell me he's just getting lunch with a friend that is a girl. 
Maybe he is repeating it all over again, like my anxiety is telling me. I can feel myself spiraling again after all of the work I did to get better, and I'm crushed. I love this man, and I hate how I can tell anyone else who would be in this situation to run, but I can't get myself to. I'm starting to gaslight myself, I think, and question whether I'm making it all up this second time. I don't want to lose the life I built for myself, the career that includes him, and have to tell all of my friends and family that they were right about him the first time. I want to be stronger and not the weak girlfriend that allows men to treat me this way. Mm. I don't know what my question is exactly other than how do I save all that I have worked for now? How do I not go back to where I was two years ago? I broke my promise by reading his messages. We are both lying. Where do we go from here? I feel like I can't tell anyone because I'm too embarrassed that I'm in this situation for a second time. I hate mm. that my body responds like this and folds and gets weaker every time I feel abandoned instead of standing up and getting stronger. I know this story isn't unique and that people have been cheated on before in so much worse ways, but it feels like the sky is falling and I could use some help. Thanks for taking the time to read this. You don't know how much you all mean to me and so many other people out there. Never doubt that you are doing an amazing thing. Mm. All right, anxious and hurting, my darling. I'm so sorry that you're feeling this way. I'm so sorry that you feel like you betrayed yourself so, so deeply in the past. I'm sorry for that time in which you weren't treating yourself as lovingly as you know you deserve. And I'm and but I'm mostly sorry that you feel like you you abandoned yourself. I know the the heavy cloak that that can. Um, hold over you that sense of self-betrayal and I know it's something that doesn't you don't get over easily um, so just sorry that you're feeling all this absolutely yeah and I think um, I think one of the things that really resonated with me too is that embarrassment piece of this too oh my god yeah right that idea of like um <clears throat> I'm dating this person that my friends and family all dislike and he's now treating me poorly. And now I have to go and be like, yep, y'all were right. I'm so embarrassed that I spent the last year or whatever it is dating this person, even though y'all told me that, that that was right. right. And I, I want to like, um, I just want to create space for the fact that like, yeah, that can feel really deeply embarrassing. And it's not, um, it's not like a, you're not uniquely fucked up in this, right? I think that, right. that that's happened to me. I know it's happened to Sierra, right? Like, like oh yeah, this people... letter was deeply triggering. <laughs> I like literally wanted to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this, which is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah, trigger warning for Sierra specifically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and they're fucking both musicians, like yeah. the letter writer and my ex. I yeah, mean, the, yep, the, yep. yeah. It's a lot of parallels, a lot of parallels in this one. Love it, love it. And it's like, this Um, is just how I act with people when I'm like, you are definitely (laughs) cheating on me. You're not just like a very friendly texter. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, oh, I just make out with people in the bars. It's because we're friends. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That sounds like a normal thing that people do. (laughs) Well, it could be if that's what you do. (laughs) No, honestly. Yeah, no Uh, shame to that. It's more like, uh, you know, interpersonal agreements yeah anyway. for sure yep Continue. Um, no but just to say that like that that piece of embarrassment is real like i don't want to i don't want to undermine your feelings or say that they're not valid and to give you to tell you that when i got out of the relationship with all of with the person that my friends all liked 
or disliked, they were all very kind and gracious to me. And not one of them said, I told you so, or you should be embarrassed that you dated that man for so long. (laughs) Right. Like, yes, it was because in my experience, my friends and family just wanted what was best for me. And so when I got out of that relationship, they were just happy to see it and to to see me moving on from something that, that was so unhealthy for me. So, (laughs) but I know that it was, that it can feel really, really embarrassing. Um, and, and that sucks. It's just all of these emotions are just yeah. so hard to deal with. And I'm so sorry that you have to be going through them in this way with this person who you really love and who is, who yeah. has, and may also now be continuing to treat you poorly. Yeah. Um, a couple thoughts. Um, moving forward in life does not mean that our life will be linear in its healing or in its Mm -hmm. messages or, or whatnot, um, in its lessons, um, because this is happening now does not inherently mean that quote, all of the work that you've done or all of the things that you've worked for, as you say, are gone. Like we, Mm -hmm we focus so much on the linear or the, or like the chronological um, growth, uh, you know, of healing of, of different thresholds that we pass through that we forget that life doesn't function like that at all. You know, like healing is not linear. Recovery is not linear. Uh, Even the things that the lessons that we learn, like we were talking about in the first letter, like, Sometimes we need to relearn those lessons again and again. Sometimes they show up in different ways, you know. So I just wanted to start by saying none of this is taken from you just because you're finding yourself in a similar situation again. That's life. That is Mm. not something that we can avoid. And I don't mean that in, I don't mean to sound so harsh or anything, but if if anything, I mean it to comfort you that like this sort of situation can happen to anyone. It's not Mm -hmm. because you failed yourself. It's not because you're weak. It's not because you're not like these other strong people that you see. Guess Mm -hmm. what? I was in this situation a hundred times, you know, like not a hundred times, but like that one very specific time (laughs) and that one very specific time was over the course of two years. So it was several times like, um, This is all to say that we, again, we don't have control over how people treat us, but we can change how we react to it, right? Mm -hmm. So so all of the perspective and knowledge and experience and everything that you've learned and built from that first time to now is still yours. It's still yours, even though you're feeling all the same feelings, even though you might be feeling really like cyclical, cyclical or back- back here again, you're not, you're a different person. You know, you're a different person. You just need to give yourself the space to breathe into that different person. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of the relationship, I just want to say, like, I want to leave you with two ideas. Um, One, it doesn't have to be like this, right? Mm. That love does not equate an all- sacrificing all enduring anxiety ridden partner. Like, like that doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be like this. This is, and, and I think why I'm saying it to you like that is speaking from my direct experience, like Sierra circa, however many years ago, speaking directly to you or like maybe I Sierra circa now is talking to you and Sierra from a, 
a handful of years ago is that like I felt so stuck in this relationship because of the time and energy and the embarrassment and the shame and the and just the injustice of it. Like I can't I couldn't yeah. believe it was happening again. I mm-hmm. felt like well, this is what I'm married to, not in a wedding sense, but like I have committed to this. I've committed to this anxiety mess, this shithole of a relationship. And it's not a shithole. I I don't mean to talk about your relationship like that, but like I do want to point out that it doesn't have to be like this. Like my relationships since that one have not felt anything like that. I don't, (laughs) I think it's important to point out that this level of anxiety and this level of insecurity, and I don't mean insecurity like, oh, I don't like my acne. I mean, like you are not secure in this relationship uh, is not, is, should not be the bar to which we hold all love. Like we should have higher expectations of that. So number one, it shouldn't be, it doesn't have to be like this, meaning Mm -hmm. if you decide that you don't want to feel this way anymore there's love out there that won't make you work so hard that won't make you so anxious that won't make you feel like guess what i used to look at that fucker's phone too because and that was something i was like not proud of right and i and i'm I say that I confess that now to you all to say so proudly, like, I don't look at my wife's phone. I don't feel the I've need to never. I've never looked at Peter's phone. I, I, I mean, don't I have feel... when I've like changed the music or something, but like, I've never <laughs> yeah. looked at his text messages. No, I, I have I, no urge to. <laughs> right. But, that, but, but I think it's important to point out that there's an anx- anxious hurt person in me who did when For she sure. was challenged and triggered and treated in a way that induced her anxiety right not the best might not be the best thing i've ever done it might not be the thing i'm most proud of it's definitely something that i didn't want to take into my next relationship but like i i don't that's not i don't do that anymore (laughs) you know like i don't have to right well i think it reinforces the thing that we often talk about which is that it's much easier to trust trustworthy people, right? right? Which is not to say that every time you have a jealous thought, that means your partner is cheating on you, right? right? That they're untrustworthy, but it is so much easier to be in relationship with people who are trustworthy. And it like this stuff just doesn't come up in the same way. And having been in relationships where the person where I had all of these anxieties around whether or not this person was cheating on me was because that person had cheated on me, Right. (laughs) right? Or that person was making out with strangers in bars, was like doing things that were outside of the parameters of our relationship. So it was not that I was a crazy, jealous person, like with quotes around those words. It was that I was sensing that this person was being untrustworthy and I was doubting myself that I had any right to call those things what they were, which was him being untrustworthy. Right. And so like, I think... I believe firmly anxious and hurting that if you were in a relationship with somebody who hadn't cheated on you and who wasn't being really sort of sketchy about some of the stuff that he's doing, that it would be much easier for you to trust him, that you wouldn't be looking at his phone. And I think I want to create some space for the reactions that we have to this type of stuff too, to say that, like you say, like, I wish I wasn't a person who crumbled. Like, I wish I was a person that got stronger when I was confronted with somebody doing something wrong to me. And I just want to say that, like, that's a, also a really normal response, right? Oh like God. the idea of like crumbling. I'm a fawner, right? So people are mean to me and I just make them feel better. Like that's that's my job of like, we're just going <laughs> to skate over this issue. It's going to be fine. That is so right? funny. So like, I mean, it's not funny, but <laughs> no, it's not. But like, yeah, we have these learned reactions to things like and we're not 
some people get big and angry. Some people get small and, and run away. Some people freeze. Like those are all learned responses that we have and, and we can't be blamed for them. Yeah, right? You're not totally. a, you're not a weak person for not getting big and angry when stuff like this happens. Yeah. You're just a person who has a response to, has a trained and learned response to something like this. So you're not like, I don't look at you with pity, right? Like I don't look at you as being like, wow, what a weak, weak woman that can't figure out how to get out of this relationship. I look at you and say, I love you deeply. And I'm so sorry that you're going through this. And I'm here for you to figure out what, what, how you want to respond to this in a way that feels right and authentic for you. Right. Like I'm here for you. Let's do it. The other thing that I'll say too, is that like, I think we have this weird myth or like narrative around the fact that like we have to figure out how to rebound from cheating and that if we can't like get over our partners cheating, we're somehow like petty or like bad people. And I want to say that like, even if your boyfriend was doing nothing wrong, it you're still totally justified to say, I still don't trust you. And I don't want to be in this relationship with you. Right. Bitch, I wish I heard that. (laughs) I wish I, I wish somebody had told me that because like, I felt like I had to make it work. I had, to fa- yeah. I had to feel like I had to make all the effort and the pain justifiable um, because like, why else would I quote, this is what it is. It's like victim blaming yourself. Why else sure. would I let someone cheat on me? Why That's else would I in be letter, in, for sure. in a, <laughs> <laughs> why thing where would I'm like, I why am I letting people do this to me? It's not, it, well, but <clears throat> they're, <laughs> they did that, you know? Right. I, so, so hear it loud and clear from Sam and I, like, you can just be like, I don't, I don't want it like this, you know? Right. And that's you, the truth. Right. You don't have to justify to us that he's off with this, this other woman when he should be buying Christmas presents, right? Like it is okay for us to say trust is lost. And I don't think there's a way I can come back, right? That yeah. doesn't make us bad people. That doesn't make yeah. us, make us like unhealed people, whatever the word we're going to use to condemn ourselves for, for not trusting somebody who's proven themselves untrustworthy, right? You don't have to explain it to us. Like, I believe you. It's okay. If you decide this man cheated on me and I don't trust him anymore and I'm never going to figure out a way to trust him. Cool. Understandable, right? We don't necessarily have to be, figure out how to be in right or like in relationship with people all the time. We can also make the choice to say, I'm never going to get there with you. I'm sorry. I know that maybe you don't deserve it in this moment, but I just am not going to get there with you because I can't. It's impossible. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. And my, like I had those two points earlier and one, the first one was like, it doesn't have to be like this. Just like remind Mm -hmm. you that this isn't what this relationship has to be like. And my second point is literally, it can't be like this. (laughs) This as is right now, whatever it is, is unsustainable and unhealthy, right? Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be so anxious. You shouldn't be so panicked. You, he shouldn't be lying to you. You shouldn't mm-hmm. have to, you shouldn't feel the urge to look through his phone. Like something's gotta give, right? And yeah. I don't mean your standards <laughs> and I, <laughs> right. and I don't mean, uh, uh, you, you know, your, your, your capacity to like stand up for yourself. What I'm saying is like, the way I see the relationship right now, it's, it, it can't go, it, something's going to collapse. Right. Right. It's and unsustainable. So, right. So use that as motivation to say like, okay, if I want to stay, what needs to be totally restructured so that this relationship is no longer this, right? Because we know this 
is not sustainable. It, it leads to bad things. It doesn't feel good. Doesn't it not feel good? Ugh. Yeah. Oh. I don't miss this. I don't miss this at all. Um, you, you, you don't deserve to feel this way. Like you don't deserve to have to, to be in an anxious, uh, anxiety riddled state every time your boyfriend leaves the house. Like that's not, it's not sustainable. So what is it? Is it your boyfriend can't hang out with women? That's not really sustainable either. Is no. it your boyfriend can't work at this job anymore? Well, that's somewhat reasonable, but like there will be other jobs. There will be other women, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is it that you can always look at his phone? Well, that's not really sustainable either because that's not growing true trust, right? Because the, the, the end goal, what I'm trying to get at, I guess, is like the end goal should be a relationship that's filled with trust and feels good. And mm -hmm. do you see this relationship being able to be that? without right. some serious, serious labor, you know, on mm -hmm. both parts. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, all of that. And it, again, just coming back to what we started the beginning with, it it sucks to be in the situation and it sucks to feel like you can't turn to anyone because you're embarrassed to tell them about what's happening in your totally. relationship or how totally. you're feeling about it. Like, oh, what an isolating place to be, especially when we're on top of, the anxiety that you're feeling and the the lack of trust I think that you have in your own experiences of this relationship. Totally. It just sucks. And what I'll say too is that like my hope for you and what I think is probably going to be true is that you're going to be met with kindness and support from the people yeah. around you, right? And I think that people yes. are going to to love you through this. And are not going to say, I told you so, although they might, but then, you know, now you know something about that yeah, person too, people, that you can yeah. make some decisions about, right? Like, but I want, <clears throat> go ahead. I'm not embarrassed for you. I am not yeah. at any way embarrassed for you because yeah. I have been there. <laughs> I have been in that spot of being with somebody who was wrong for me that everyone knew was wrong for me. And I didn't want to acknowledge it. Like I've been there. Totally. And so all I have for you is just deep love and appreciation and kindness to say, you deserve better than this. And there is something better for you out there than this constant worry, dread, fear that you are carrying with you and telling yourself isn't justified or isn't totally. real, right? Yeah, I have one more thought, but I'm gonna save it for our affirmation. So make sure to stay tuned because I'm thinking of you, my darling. I love it. I love it. Um, I hope that this helps. I know this is painful. I've been there. I, I, know, that, I know that this time feels so desolate. Um, but we love you and we hope we this do helps. love you. Thank you so much for writing. All right. This brings us to the blind date segment of the episode. Every show we want to shout out something that we love that we want to set you up with. And this week we are sending you home with a word game called Wordle. Oh my God. I just um, heard about this on NPR. Did you know that there yeah, are like no, 90 like, users in November <laughs> and now yeah, there's like, like a 5 million bajillion. Yeah. They were featured in the New York times, which is how I found out about them. Um, it's this fun little word game. Uh, that is like very of this moment. So like in hopefully people aren't listening to this episode in like four months and being like, God, really Wordle? But like <laughs> we're in the zeitgeist right now, people. This yeah. is happening. Um, it's a it's an online game um, and it's one puzzle a day. So you like can't go back and look at other puzzles. You can't like go in the future. So it's like a nice way to sort of like take a few minutes out of your day to do something fun. Um, and basically you have to like guess a six letter word and it works like mind nope what is the name mastermind that's the name of the game where it tells you like which letters are right but not in the right spot or which letters are right but in the right spot 
Um, and what I really appreciate it about it is that it's like ad free. It's like, you can't, it's not like candy crush where suddenly you like look up and you're like been doing this for like four hours and you're like, where did the day go? It's just like a, a fun little way to take a break from something that you're doing. Um, I am like really into my morning routine recently, um, which involves like waking up and reading, doing the crossword, not looking at my phone. And this has been like a nice thing to add to it to say like, oh, and then I get to play this also fun word game for it. So fun. Uh, check it out. Um, you can Google Wordle. The website itself is powerlanguage.co.uk slash Wordle. Just because some dude built this. Yeah, he built it for his wife because, to like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was like, this will be a fun thing for her to do when we're in this pandemic. And then, That is love, y'all. That is what it should feel like. <laughs> for sure. And then like sent it to his, his family who like sent it to their friends. And then suddenly it, it blew up and now everyone is all over it. So uh, yeah, Wordle, W-O-R-D-L-E. Um, check it out if you're looking for a fun, That's fun way to take a break during the so day. So cute. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you could find our merchandise. Please remember to follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode every Wednesday, as well as access to our back catalog of over a hundred bonus episodes. That's patreon.com slash just break up pod. This literally keeps the mics on and helps us meet, reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of David Media. Original music, recording, editing, producing, all magical things by our good friend Big Cats, a.k.a. Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his music on Spotify and his brand new upcoming podcast debuting on January 26th, Finding Quantum Quest. And remember, take a moment to imagine the person you were when you were most proud of yourself, when you set those boundaries, when you made those healthy choices for your life, when you felt like you were really living and leaning into your authenticity. And I want you to realize that that is the person you always are. The person you are at your best is always with you. The person that you were when you felt the most authentic is always in you and you can always return to that person. That is your essence. That's who you are. No one can strip that of you, even if they mistreat you. And more importantly, you cannot strip that of yourself. The person you are at your strongest is always with you. It doesn't matter if the circumstances change. It doesn't matter if the triggers change, if the relationship change. You can always dig into that well of resiliency and find that person that you were. They're not hiding from you. They're waiting for you. And if all else fails, just break up.